Welcome in to the At The Yard Podcast. Today we got a SoCal-centric episode for you. We're going to go on the San Diego Swing with Jack Shannon, who's going to recap a busy first week down in the CIF San Diego section. Then we're going to head up north a little bit to talk with Steve Doherty about the CIF Southern section first few weeks of action and focus in on some MLB draft prospects. All that and much more on episode 38 of the At The Yard Podcast. Welcome back to the At The Art Podcast. It's time to go on the San Diego Swing with Jack Shannon. Jack, it's been a busy, busy nine, ten days for you here as the season gets going down in the San Diego section. Uh, You've seen a lot of stuff going on. Just give us your initial impressions before we dive into what you saw here the last nine days. Give us your initial impressions on on just the state of baseball in the first week uh, in San Diego. Initial impression, things have gone off to a great start. Outside of opening day being rained out throughout the county, except for a few games, it was a fantastic start offensively. I've seen a lot of home runs early on, which uh, keeps the games exciting. And good pitching performances from big names and a few names that you haven't heard of. Yeah, man, it seems like the home runs are way up. I mean, even even – you know, across the board, I mean, you see stuff. I mean, I was at a game the last few days. I've been the last few. It seems like every game there is a home run, right? It's it's pretty nuts. The launch angle era is here. <laughs> Truly, it's trickling down to the amateur level, high school. Kids are swinging for the fences. They're swinging hard. They want to get their money's worth every time they're in the box. Uh, and it makes it real exciting to watch from our standpoint. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Let's well, let's dive right in, Jack. Uh, you you headed out to Marietta Valley against Santa Fe Christian. Uh, I think that was like the only game that was being played that day, right? Because of rain and and uh, Kean Hogan, uh, he certainly made it worth your while, right? Sure did. Santa Fe Christian turf field. They didn't waste any time. Got started right at ten thirty. Awesome. Kean Hogan leads the game off. First at-bat of the season, bottom of the first. It's a home run to right center, no doubter, line drive. Beautiful home run from an uncommitted two-way guy, uh, left-handed pitcher as well, who is creating some buzz, throws mid-80s fastball, pretty good secondary stuff. But the guy is straight up as an athlete. He's a quarterback, runs a spread offense, likes to run the ball a lot, plays center field, hits a home run. And the most amazing thing I saw, you know, best defensive play of the season so far I've seen was he had an 8-3 put out, a hard line drive single up the middle. The runner was not, you know, did not have a big banana turn, did not take his time. He was running hard to first, and Hogan threw him out on the line. And it is a turf field, so it plays a little bit faster, but to see that kind of play being made in a high-level varsity game was extremely impressive. And the kind of thing where people have said, is, is Hogan a D1 guy? And after seeing the home run and an 8-3 put out, I would say yes. Yeah, and that's the exciting thing, right? Is like you have the opportunity to see these guys year over year and see their development. And I love what you said there. He's a quarterback on the football teams that's, who runs that spread offense and, and can, likes to run the ball. Really a, a nod to his athleticism, right? 100%. And when you hear that, 
you know, the pitching hype is big on him, but then then you see what, what he can do in, in three facet, facets offensively, quarterback, center fielder, power hitter, mid-80s fastball, upper-80s fastball. Uh, across the board, He's he's got tools. Yeah, that's exciting. You talk about tools. Let, let's talk about a guy that's that's tooled up on not only on the mound, but I mean, he's a pretty darn good athlete at the plate too, and just an athlete in general. And that's Kyle Carr. You got to see his his debut of the twenty twenty season. Uh, I picked him up here on uh, Monday. I got to see him against Saints, but you got to see him against another pretty good team in Bonita Vista. Yeah, Kyle Carr first started season. At Mission Bay, and you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen first game. No matter what varsity year, senior year, you're you're going to be nervous a little bit. You know, everyone's everyone's excited. You got the pro scouts in the stands, and I thought Kyle put in a really good start. He uh, he looked like a pitcher. He was pitching. He was locating uh, side to side, up and down, curveball, slider. He only he pitched five innings and he faced 16 batters. He allowed one base runner and it was a ground ball single up the middle. Struck out 12, seven swinging, five looking. Just a very efficient, uh, solid start. Velo sat around 88, touched 92. Scouts obviously looking to see a little bit more velocity, but first game of the season, I, I'm I'm excited to see him go five innings to see him pitch like that locate his pitches i expect him to throw harder as the season goes on but a very good start uh, early in the season for kyle yeah and and i'm glad you corrected me there mission bay was the game not bonita vista thanks um but yeah i mean you're you're right you know i saw him like i said on monday probably i would say at least a dozen scouts there pro scouts there in to see him you know, and and we were talking before we started the podcast is, you know, he, he kind of came out and was, you know, 87, 88 here in the first inning before really ramping it up in the second inning. And it sounds like that was the case for you as well. And, uh, you know, the velocity, I have a feeling, will come. I mean, he's still not a huge guy, right? I mean, he's not overpowering physically. Uh, and, and so I think the velo will come for him. Uh, at some point, and uh, I just really like the way he competes because, uh, you know, he gave up a couple of knocks to Angelo Peraza uh, on the day, but he turned right around next batter, uh, you know, was able to get him out. Uh, Charlie Reed did strike for a hit off him, but, uh, you know, he, he, he was just dialed in, it seemed like, after that first inning. Was that the case for you? From pitch one I saw with Kyle, uh, he was he was rearing to go. And very similar to what you're saying, uh, and he's he's gotten better is the big thing too. I've seen him pitch for two years now, and he's he's 100% gotten better and improving. So that is very exciting, and I can see that just continuing as the season goes on. Yeah, and then that's that's what you want to see, right? That improvement and that development. But so after you know the next day after you see uh, San Marcos of Mission Bay. You head over to La Costa Canyon. Uh, you know, they, they hosted, again, that, that team I mentioned earlier, a pretty good squad in Bonita Vista. Uh, the Barons make the drive up to La Costa Canyon, and, and it looks like, you got, looks like you got another really good game there. Yeah, I did. I was excited about this one, two teams. Uh, big space between them in the county in terms of distance. 
Um, but very, very excited to see the those coaches and those styles of play go up against each other. It was a two to one LCC victory. Uh, you got good pitching on both sides, defense, timely hitting. Big story, though, I would say was there was two failed fake bunt steals on Benita Vista. Tough, tough way to uh, to lose a game when you have, you know, when you look at the, the finer things and, you know, why didn't we score those extra runs? Uh, so, you know, just an enjoying, you know, a learning process for, for fans, scouts, and players and coaches. It's just, you know, you talk about things like that and then you, you go out and implement them in the game and whether or not you execute them or not can decide a ball game. And in this one, in my opinion, it did. Uh, so uh, fun to see that in terms of just, just, as, just as a fan of, of the game. And uh, says a lot to LCC, too. They're just they're tough. They're, they're every, year in and year out, they're tough. Machado runs a great program. No matter what, walking in in that stadium, you know you're going to get a good game. So that was a fun one. Yeah, and, and I like what you said there about Machado, and, and he does, man. That program, it seems like, you know, you, you see it uh, in a lot of places across the state, right, where where it's not necessarily a team. These, you know, they're a program. They don't they don't rebuild. They reload, and it seems like La Costa Canyon is certainly in that category. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. Every year, you know, they're going to field a good squad, regardless of the question marks regardless of who's on the roster. Last year they had the big prospect in Spencer Jones a couple of years ago, Mickey Moniak. This year, not so much, but they're still 3-1. and one. Beat Poway, beat Bonita Vista early in the season. Those are uh, those are good strength of schedule wins. Yeah, the thing I love about the San Diego section, man, is these teams play each other two, three, four, five times in a year, and it's usually the top dogs squaring off against the top dogs and you got that matchup later in the week as you as you had a chance to see Eastlake traveled to uh, Helix to take on the Highlanders yeah big game Friday afternoon one of the bigger uh, crowd attended games I've seen packed stands all around really exciting bummer to see Jordan Thompson start get scratched so Helix you know, went with a bullpen staff game, started a kid, sophomore who has yet to pitch varsity. So uh, they were a little bit, you know, a little bit not what they wanted to have on the mound early on. But they competed and 7-4 victory for Eastlake. They got out to the early lead, maybe got a little too comfortable. Helix clawed back a little bit, but Eastlake showed what they showed last year and they show year in and year out that, they're well-oiled machine, well-coached, uh, great talent on the field. And, you know, Helix is right there with them in terms of talent and well-coached. And they're going to play each other, I think, on Tuesday. And we'll probably see each other in the open playoffs. So always exciting to see two top teams early in the season. Yeah, they'll probably. And, and, and the Lions tournament. And, you know, you mentioned the playoffs and all that good stuff. But, you know, in that game, Eastlake, you know, just they're loaded, right? I mean, you look at you look at their you know, uh, their their lineup with Sobolski and Mayer and Satterstrom and, you know, et al., if you will. And what did you see from those couple of guys from Sobolski, Mayer? Uh, I don't know uh, if, if Satterstrom is out on the sit-out period or not or if he's playing. Uh, but what did you see from, from Sobolski and Mayer? 
Sabolski and Mayer were pretty quiet on the day, actually, with a few other names. Nico Villarreal had a big home run. Uh, some guys in the bottom of the lineup came up big. Good start by Dante Schmidt. So a game where you would imagine Marcelo Mayer and Sabolski on the mound would be, you know, the headline names, but they weren't. And it was the guys uh, outside of that that got it done for him. So a testament to the depth on the East Lake roster. Yeah, Dante Schmidt is one of those guys that, uh, you know, we've seen him now for a couple of years, and you just are waiting for that next step to happen in, in his development. And, man, it's a, something tells me that it's going to happen for him this year because he, he's a pretty good pitcher that, that's got a chance to play beyond high school, in my opinion. Uh, so the next day after Friday, you head over to Del Norte at San Diego on Saturday. Um, you saw a guy that's that's one of our favorites uh, over at Del Norte, and Garrett Ostrander, who who is off to a pretty good start. Yeah, loved San Diego, former high school I graduated from. Loved going there. Was able to ride my bike. Beautiful Saturday day. Uh, get to the yard. Had to give Del, get to see Del Norte earlier. Those guys are all over Twitter. They're hungry. They want it. So great to get out there, Ostrander. Uh, Gave me something for Twitter early with an opposite field home run. Very nice swing on a fastball up. Even gave a nice point to the camera uh, as he crossed home plate. So exciting to see that from him. And Tanner Lappin, another name we've been hearing a lot about with uh, his third home run in four games. Pretty effortless swing for a towering home run to left field. So two big 2020 uncommits that are putting up big numbers early that are get, gaining attention and I don't foresee these guys staying uncommitted long yeah I can't imagine that being the case certainly with with Garrett you know I mean we we field calls I mean seemingly daily about you know players and and his name is one of those names that continues to pop up with college coaches uh you know even potentially on on the pro side uh, you know, th- those guys are doing their due diligence as well, just to be certain, uh, but definitely on the college side. And, you know, it's one of those situations, right, where it's most of these colleges, most of these bigger name programs are are, are full in this class because of the early recruiting and the early commits. And, you know, it, it's just really disappointing for players like Ostrander and Lappin that you mentioned because those are, are really good players that are going to make an impact on the collegiate level, uh, you know, wherever it is that they, they may land. Uh, but let's let's wrap it up, Jack, with what you saw yesterday. Uh, pretty impressive outing uh, as you took in Tory Pines, who, uh, you know, we were talking about, you feel very, very strongly about as, as potentially being one of the top two or three teams in San Diego County. Uh, they traveled over to Patrick Henry. What did you see there? That was a big one as well. I mean, I was really excited to see Max Jones and Patrick Henry pitch. He threw a no-hitter last week against Mount Carmel with 17 strikeouts. Been hearing great things about him. Seen him a little, but I had to see him in person in a big-time game with five D1 bats. Uh, arm works well. Pretty good secondary stuff. Threw it any county wanted. Bulldog on the mound. Competed probably too much, actually. His motions got to him a little bit. Had a rough inning there, but definitely shows that he will be a Division One arm at USF. But the real story became uh, Tory Pines' Brian Kraft, a 2020 left-hander heading to Pacific in Oregon, 
uh, was a crafty lefty and threw a no-hitter. Amazing start. Just located through all his pitches. Great composure. And as every no-hitter does, there were some tremendous defensive plays, specifically out of Kevin Sim, Carson Williams, some outfield play. A a team no-hitter for sure uh, as the... Torrey Pines' defense made those plays that you always see in the hitters that wouldn't have happened without him. Yeah, no, yeah, you always, you always need a little help from your D, but it sounds like the offense came to play too. And this is an offense you've been telling me about now for some time. This lineup is it's deep, it's talented. Uh, you know, those guys exploded yesterday, didn't they? They did, and definitely a lineup too where one guy might have a down game but someone else is going to pick him up. Nick Baum, five for six yesterday, four for five, something like that, with six RBI. Kevin Sam got him started early, two for four with a double. Max Isaacman, two for three. Across the board, someone's going to hurt you in that lineup. They got some lefties. They got righties. Guys that have had lots of time on varsity. Just a, a veteran high school lineup, which is something you don't say often and a confident team in the dugout, uh, a tough team for sure. One of the best in the county, no doubt. Yeah, that's awesome. That That's a nice little recap there on the first oh, nine, ten days of the season. Jack, where are you headed this week? Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, let us know. Heading to Classical Academy at Carlsbad today. Carlsbad loaded with some talent as well. Quality arms pegged them early on for a season to where they should definitely be competing at a high level. So excited to see them today. Follow me at jacked underscore 23. Always putting out uh, video thoughts on the game, retweeting my fellow colleagues with PBR California. So just continuing the San Diego swing, getting out there, seeing some baseball. Yeah, that's jacked, J-A-C-K-E-D underscore two three on Twitter for Jack. And then you can read the San Diego Swing at prepbaseballreport.com slash California. So, Jack, again, man, thanks for coming on and crushing it and giving us an update on the San Diego Swing. Thanks for having me, Les. We'll be right back with SoCal Area Scout Steve Doherty. Welcome back to the At The Yard Podcast. Time to go through the CIF Southern section with SoCal Area Scout Steve Doherty. Doe, it's been uh, a pretty wild ride here for the first few weeks for you. You've been everywhere from Ventura County down to South Orange County and everywhere in between, seeing a lot of guys. Uh, how you holding up, man? Good, man. It's been a whirlwind. Um, love getting out there, seeing these guys. I've been all the way into Ventura County, just, you know, as you said, and, and all the way up here in Orange County. And it's just been a, been, been a great ride so far for the first two weeks. Got to see a lot of draft guys and uh, continuing to see some guys that I haven't seen before. So it's a, getting some really good looks at some guys. Yeah, this is awesome, awesome. You, know, you talked about the draft guys there. You've been kind of focused on those guys here for the first few weeks just so we can get those reports out and get them over to our national guys that coordinate all the draft coverage for us, which is awesome. Uh, but let's dive right in, man. And you, you got to see – a handful of draft prospects, if you will, uh, in the Harvard-Westlake-Huntington Beach game last week. I mean, that turned into an offensive just showdown, didn't it? 
It was, and uh, what a treat, right? It was for the Newport Elks, Frank Lerner Division, uh, tourney that was going on here, I think 40-plus teams, but, you know, the first game, uh, you know, Harvard-Westlake travels to Huntington Beach, and I think we all knew that there was going to be some fireworks in there, and, of course, you know, three draft guys in that one, Pete Crow Armstrong, Drew Bowser, Jake Vogel, uh, to start, and then, you know, beyond that, there was some high-level D1 guys, um, Jordan Kang, who started the game off on the mound and had just recently committed to Harvard, so a congratulations is in order uh, for him. And he must be feeling it, obviously. So he starts on the mound, and what does he do? He he hits a home run that day. So a um, lot of offense from a few other guys, not not necessarily draft guys. Sam Biller hit a grand slam, the Cal Poly commit. Shane, Shane Stafford at Huntington, the San Diego State commit, went three for four. What does PCA do? He goes two for three. Uh, Bowser makes a couple big league plays at shortstop, which I haven't seen before. Made it made an incredible play up the middle. Ended up on his tush and made a strong throw, basically from shallow center fielder to get the guy. So um, awesome, awesome game. A lot of heat in for this one, and just just a fantastic matchup. And and that wasn't the only one. Yeah, <laughs> got to see. yeah, you got to see quite a few. We'll jump into those in a second. I had the chance to see. Huntington Beach take on Loyola the day before, and 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 you talked about Vogel going three for four with a bomb and four RBIs. When you saw them, you know all he did was go two for three with a, a near bomb off the center field wall. Uh, you know he's really starting to heat up. What are you hearing about him from you know just the draft perspective? Yeah, I mean Jake Vogel, right? I mean every time we see this guy, you know, play, he gets he gets two three hits. So. You know, he, he's performing as far as, the, as, you know, draft is concerned. I know there's some pretty high-level draft outfielders uh, in this class. Obviously, the, you know, the PCAs, the Isaiah Greens, the Jake Vogels. And, it, it you know, the names just keep on coming, the P.D. Halpins. And he's right in the mix there. And, and to be honest with you, Les, you know, I, I have a theory. And it's, you know, I would take this guy high because – I mean, he's got tools across the board, right? The run tool is, is you know, has been seen obviously around like a six-one at the beginning of the summer last year. So, you know, that's you know that's seventy speed. So the arm, the arm is big. It's a sixty arm for me, and uh, you know he just continues to produce uh, for the Oilers. So he's in the discussion um, right there. I am not. An organization that has to make a decision on him but if it were me i might overpay this guy a little bit here and 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 almost get him at, at a discount because in three years after he finishes up at ucla he may be worth twice as much and so um you know think about that for a little bit so um and he's not the only one that i have that theory on as well yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to a few scouts when I saw Huntington Beach. And, you know, one of the guys that I talked to that I got a great deal of respect for uh, told me, you know, hey, listen, this is a guy that you might draft higher than you would think uh, and maybe try to pay him a little under slot uh, just to get him, right? Uh, and then, they, then you know, another guy is like, same theory you said, you know, hey, we might have to overpay this guy if we want to keep him from 
from UCLA because like you said, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, I, I liken him, his tools at least, you know, obviously the body is different, but the tools to me are very similar to Garrett Mitchell, right, who went on to UCLA and now that guy's looking at, I mean, potentially being a top 10 overall pick. And if that happens with Vogel, I mean, the speed is similar, uh, the arm strength is similar, the production from Vogel at the plate has been better, uh, but the juice that they carry in the bat is pretty similar, uh, you know, and that's what that's what the conversation was with this scout was like, hey man, uh, you know, they let Garrett Mitchell go to school and now somebody's going to pay him a premium, uh, you know, lesson learned, hopefully, right? Yeah, no, no doubt, and um it's just it's amazing to watch and and it's going to it's going to be really interesting to watch as soon as it gets a little closer to june and let, let's see how it uh it all shakes out right i mean and you talk about pca i mean this this guy is at, at the top obviously of the outfield high school class here and less you're you're going to have to back up the truck for this guy because it is special uh it is so fluid um the tools are across the board and uh, it's just a, a treat to watch him play, and and yeah, I get I get to go see him again uh, tomorrow <laughs> against Par- Parada, who we're going to talk about now. Yeah, you know that's a good segue there because you know I saw Loyola the day before. Uh, you saw them. Uh, I saw them on Tuesday. You saw them on Wednesday as part of your double dip, and you know Parada. Yeah, lots of heat was in on that game, obviously, to see him and Vogel and everybody else for Huntington Beach. But, you know, what? all he does is, you know, he took a first pitch, fastball in, and then HB's pitcher just kind of hung a curveball to him on the second pitch of his at-bat, and he banged it over the center field wall uh, for a bomb. And it's just the power is is undeniable, uh, you know, in his bat, right? What, what did you see from him the next night? Yeah, yeah. I I took in the nightcap after that, uh, you know, Harvard Westlake Huntington Beach game. I rolled over to to Modern Day, and and uh, Parada was playing um, Modern Day, and and wow, super impressed with the bat. The last time I got to see him, obviously, was you know in the area code games, and I I was just super impressed. The bat less is is real. Um, you know, obviously, I think there may be some questions regarding the defense, but the the frame, the strength. Uh, he's got some twitchiness behind the plate. I mean, when you talk about Georgia Tech catchers, Les, right? I mean, I mean the long line of Georgia Jason Veritek, right? Matt yeah. Weed, Matt Weeders, Joey Bart, and here's my the, the theory, almost the Vogel theory, right? I mean, I think the next guy in line for a great Georgia Tech catchers is Kevin Parada. So, you know, when you take a look at it like that, hey, let's overpay this guy a little bit. And listen, because if he goes to Georgia Tech after three years, he might be twice or three times as much money, at, you know, that that he's worth. And so um, I really believe he's that type of player. And I know that those are big comps, right? Those, I mean, long line of Georgia Tech catchers, those are pretty special. And and I think Imperata really fits into that mold. I agree with you on that. I mean, he physically looks the part. Uh, you know, I did speak to a couple pro scouts there at the game as well about, you know, the defense. And you're right there. There are some questions about the defense. But, uh, you know, based on, on his history, you know, there's no doubt that he's going to 
to certainly go to work on that stuff, right? And I mean, you had him going two for three with a couple of RBIs and a walk, and I mean, I had him going two for two for two with the walk, two for three, excuse me, with the uh, homer and a double. Uh, you know, he scored both of Loyola's runs in the game that I was at, and I mean, he is essentially their offense at least. And that on that day, I you know no discredit to the other guys because Loyola's got some good players. Derek Yu, for example, is is off to a really hot start for those guys. But uh, yeah, Kevin Parada just you know another again he's going to be a guy that's going to be interesting to watch. Is like you said as it gets closer to June uh, because it's going to uh, be really difficult, I think, to take him away from the Georgia Tech commitment. Uh, given how important academics are in that family. So that's going to be another uh, intriguing element to that negotiation. But uh, let, let's move on to Friday. Uh, Marcus High School from Texas was in town to uh, play in the Tri-State Classic. Uh, they faced off uh, against several teams from the area. Uh, you saw them Friday night against uh, Olu. Uh, and you got a pretty special treat there from uh, a guy that we're big fan of, Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, in the, yeah, absolutely. And this was kind of my first game of the doubleheader uh, because I went to another game Friday night. But Olu was playing, uh, you know, the doubleheader against Marcus. So Christian gets to start. He goes complete game, seventy six pitches, no hitter, uh, mixing it up. He was just outstanding today. One of the best performances I've seen out of him. And you know. He featured a few things that I hadn't seen before, and so he was coming with a four-pitch mix. Only saw three prior. Uh, the changeup was just amazing that night, and he was, you know, he was he was he was mixing his changeup in off his fastball, and you know he really gets that good extension uh, towards the plate. And so you know, if you think it's fastball and it comes out uh, changeup, you're just it's going to be a long night. And so. What he was also doing was he was throwing a split finger fastball. I know Christian, you know, six six, big guy with big hands. He obviously has the, you know, hands, uh, the the hand size to, to throw a splitter, and that's exactly what he was doing. I actually thought less. It was, it was a changeup acting. You know, uh, it, it had some cutting action, and I was like, what what is he throwing there? You're like, is it is it cutting on him? Because usually the changeup action is a, is a fading. Uh, type of action and and it was cutting so I was like you know and it was around the same velocity as the changeup and I'm like is he is he getting over it is he gripping it too tight and it's just kind of cutting on him so I go over to the I go over to the dugout during a start and I was like you know is what is he doing there and he's like he's got a split finger fastball and I was like oh my goodness I mean this thing was dirty darting diving um tough to pick up because it has some fastball hard motion to it so just another pitch to add to his arsenal and it was it was just special those i mean there's some pretty decent players on that marcus high school team and wow they had a tough time with christian rodriguez that night yeah no doubt you know no doubt and another guy that's starting to get some looks for for olu is a guy that we're really familiar with and tank espelin you know, we saw him obviously against La Mirada in that big game, and you know he had the big RBI double down the left field line. I caught their game against Valley Christian on Saturday night, and he put together a couple of really good at bats. What 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 do you see from him? What are you hearing on him? Yeah, I think this the athleticism really, really, really stands out, and I think that's why he's getting you know more looks. Obviously, he's had some uh, some great experiences was on the area code teams there, so. Uh, didn't have the greatest area code games, but you know the, the tools are there. He's, he's got some speed. 
left-handed bat, uh, can play multiple positions. Uh, right now he's mostly playing uh, second base with Decrecio over there at shortstop, but um, you can pretty much play him anywhere. So an intriguing uh, you know, type of prospect that, uh, that, that's really getting some looks. And um, yeah, we've always liked Tank. And so, you know, just, you know, wishing him all the best this year. And, and uh, you know, we'll see where this takes him. Yeah, no doubt the USC commit may have an opportunity to, uh, you know, get right into pro ball if, if that's what he desires. But so the nightcap on Friday, uh, the championship game of the learner bracket. The learner bracket, for those that don't know, the Newport Elks is is kind of the higher bracket. It's predominantly Division One teams. There's four there's four brackets in the tournament. Uh, really good tournament put on by the Newport Elks. Uh, but, you know, you got over to the Great Park there, and you saw, again, uh, two two of the top three, four, maybe five teams in the state uh, in Jay Sarah against Huntington. Yeah, I mean, another uh, another great one. You know, Jay Sarah, our, our number one. Huntington Beach comes in there, so I had, obviously, some familiarity with these guys. Listen, man, Cody Schreier, Gabe Darcy are just just absolute studs, right? I mean, it's going to be so awesome watching these guys this year and and into next year for their uh, for their draft year. But you know, Cody Schreier's added twenty pounds of muscle. He just looks like a beast. Gabe Darcy, the, the same thing, right? I mean, these guys are just. They have it. They have that certain, you know, quality that people look for, and and you see it when 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 you watch it, right? So awesome game. Um, just another, it's you know what high school baseball is all about. They ended up walking it off. Um, I put it out there in, in in the Twitter universe, and you saw Gabe Darcy hit the sack fly, and it was, you know, pandemonium. They're they're jumping all over each other. It's just just an amazing game you know we saw some other guys in that game too Shane Stafford from Huntington got the start he went four innings struck out six struggled a little bit with his command but and then Ryan Svenningson from from Jay Sarah came in in relief and I hadn't seen him for a while either he was up to 91 he struggled with his command a little bit but he ended up with uh, three strikeouts he only threw two innings he kind of kept them in the game hung them around um, Colby Canales, another uncommitted guy for Jay Sarah, who's just been so consistent uh, for the Lions. He ended up in an interesting situation in the sixth when Jay Sarah was down, down by one. Um, Gabe Darcy, after he hit a double, they put on a suicide squeeze. Colby Canales was up to bat. He missed the suicide squeeze. Gabe Darcy got tagged out. And so, you know, you can obviously – you know, get down on yourself in that kind of situation right after you couldn't execute a sacrifice, uh, a suicide squeeze. What does Kobe Canales do, though? He gets up there, two pitches later, boom, hits a single, ties it up. He's all fired up, and it was just a great team win by Jay Sarah. And it's really all what, you know, high school baseball is all about. You can't, you know, awesome job by Benji and the boys and, and, and the Oilers, but uh, Jay Sarah. They're they're special this year. They're really fun to watch. Yeah, they they are really good. And you know, Colby's one of those guys that 
you just kind of root for, right? I mean, really, really just a, a, a super kid and great family. His dad, Pete's just an awesome dude. And, you know, he, he, he's had some, some up and down, right? And you just kind of hope that he's, he's able to click this season and, and have that opportunity beyond this year, which, I mean, in my opinion, he, he certainly deserves. Uh, and, and we hope that he gets that here pretty soon. So after getting home and getting to bed, I'm guessing around, oh, midnight for you on Friday night, you hop in the car and, and you drive up to uh, uh, Grace Brethren to see you know, one of these pitchers that, you know, we had heard a bunch from not only scouts, but from some advisors and, you know, saying, hey, have you seen him yet? Have you seen him yet? You know, he's blowing up. Uh, and that's right-handed pitcher Josh Swales uh, out of Grace Brethren, who's committed to Arizona. Uh, you know, you got up to see him. Uh, it, you know, looks like he had a pretty good outing for you. You and I chatted after that we, when you were driving back. And, I mean, what would you have in uh, what'd you have uh, on Josh there on Swales? Yeah, yeah, made the trek out to Seam Valley, uh, quite a ways out there. But um, yeah, Josh Swales, uh, right-handed pitcher, Arizona, as you mentioned, he went five innings, which is uh, the most he's he, he's put up uh, this year. I got to see him last, so obviously, you know, with, with at the area codes. But you know, this kid uh, up to ninety-six. Really easy delivery. It looks really easy. Comes out of his hand. Clean, clean arm action. Didn't necessarily have the command I think he was hoping for uh, with his fastball, but and and Moore Park was you know putting it on him a little bit. You know ended up Moore Park seven hits off of him. So you know they were hitting his fastball. He went to his curveball a little bit, and so I think I think he was maybe messing around with with his grip a little bit. The changeup had a high at a you know a weird range on it from 80 to 87. So you know maybe something's going on with the grip there. Maybe he's tinkering with it. But I mean the you know the, the frame is just you know unbelievable. 96. It, it really doesn't look like 96 because it's so easy and and steady out there. But um, you know obviously a lot of heat in on this on this guy. But he has, uh, he he's got some tools there, and you know, like like you said before, it all really depends on the kid what he wants to do with his baseball career. Does he want to play professional baseball, or does he want to go to school? You know, if he goes to school, this kid's gonna be a monster after three years. And if he decides to go in the draft, where does he go? Um, high risk for sure, but uh, but wow, whoa, this 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 kid can pitch. Yeah, no doubt, and and you know we saw him. I saw him uh, get a start, or I can't remember if it was a start or if he came in during scout ball in the fall, and you know it was it was ninety ninety one ninety, and he touched a ninety two, and so you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's you know about where he was at area code games, and you know certainly at the tryout where, where we sat on him, and and when you hear that, hey, he's up to ninety six, like whoa, right? I mean that's a that's a pretty big jump in a short amount of time, but Moorpark had a pretty intriguing player that you like there too, committed to LMU. Tell us a little bit yeah. about Robbie Ayers. Yeah, Robbie Ayers went two for two. Um, he, he was, I mean, what, what great at bats he took against Swales. I mean, he was just, he was just kind of, you know, toying with him. He went the other way a couple times and uh, catcher, obviously, and I think LMU's got a really good one here. So really impressive. I think we saw Robbie Ayers at our, at our uh, state games, or our state tournament it was, our California State Tournament over there at the Great Park uh, last summer. So we got a little look at him, and I was really impressed with him there. So 
Um, yeah, Robbie Ayer is definitely a player to, to follow. So. Yeah, good deal. LMU is doing a great job on the recruiting trail, man. They're they're, they they're uncovering some gems, which is awesome. Uh, happy for those guys. Tuesday of uh, this week, you got up to uh, Miracosta uh, to take in yet some more draft guys. I mean, this this one was was loaded with guys, right? Uh, and I mean, and that doesn't you know account for the fact that. Milan Tolentino didn't play because he was sick, but uh, you know, gosh, man, this one, this game was loaded with guys, huh? Was P. Halpin, Cal Caros, as you said, Milan was sick, and a couple other guys were sick, so they came down with something. There was obviously a whole bunch of guys in, hoping that Milan would be there, but you know, uh, he's sick, obviously, so hope he gets better. But really, last the story was Jonah Story, complete game, sixty-five pitches, one hitter. Uh, this guy is typically an outfielder, and I think he really hasn't pitched a whole bunch. He just really has a good understanding of what he brings to the table. He's not a guy that's going to blow the doors off. He was sitting, you know, 82 to 84, mixed in a changeup, spun a curveball. I think he just really has a good idea of, of what he wants to do, a really headsy type of player. And, and guess what? Ho-hum, he hits right in the middle of the lineup too, and he just fits right in. Just an excellent performance uh, from Jonah Story. Uh, another guy on, you know, you know, besides Petey, who we'll talk about here, and Kyle, Nick Bakura, the Santa Clara commit. I mean, all this guy does is hit. He's We've on fire, seen him, isn't he? He's on fire. I mean, two hits, three hits every single game. Has some really good strength to his game. Controls the pitching. He worked really well with, um, with Jonah that day. And, uh, you know, every time I go in, kid gets two hits. I mean, holy cow. I mean, he's 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 a good-looking player. So yeah, he's, he, he, it's funny you bring. I'm glad you brought him up because he's a guy that you know. Talking to some scouts out here, uh, obviously everybody's in to see Halpin and Karos, but they're now starting to pay attention to Bakura because the defense was always his calling card, right? The glove, the arm, and now the bat is finding that consistency. And we're and he's always been a big, strong kid, as we've seen at a couple of our events and just kind of seeing him for the last few years. And you're starting to hear like, hey man, this guy might be that catcher, you know, out here that, you know, that nobody really hears about until you know early May, and then all of a sudden gets a bunch of momentum, and then here we go, right? Um, yeah, and, and yeah. he's he definitely fits that bill. He does, and I, and you know what, and and I don't think the moment uh, scares him at all. Obviously, great opportunity with you know with Petey and Kyle um, on on his team and. You know, what a great platform for some of these guys on the team. And that's not necessarily would probably get the looks. But, uh, you know, Jonah and Nick are just kind of performing. And it's it's just awesome to see that they're playing loose. They're playing free. They're not really what they don't really care what's going on, you know, on the other side of the fence. Because, you know, it's it, it, it can be distracting with, you know, 30, 40 scouts at any 20-year games. So, um, and we're talking about these two guys, but we haven't even mentioned Petey or Kyle um, yet. Petey, obviously, tooled-up kid. He's right in the discussion right, with Pete Carmson, Vogel, Isaiah Green. These guys are uh, – he's just he's, – he's right in the mix. And so uh, don't know if he'll quite go as high as Pete Crow Armstrong, but uh, he is in the discussion. He's performing. And it's it's pretty cool to see Kyle Carlos, another guy obviously that's garnering a lot of a lot of attention. He had a great game. The defense has really has really stepped up for Kyle. I've seen him make a few plays this year on the games that I've been in that 
to be honest with you, have surprised me. And, and that's really, that's really good to see. So you can really dream on, on Kyle, especially with his, that type of frame. And, uh, you know, he's putting some good at bats together. Um, what he did hit a single the other way, which I think he should probably do more and just kind of take what he's given. Right. And I think that's, uh, a, a big part of it. And so when, uh, when he gets connected though, I mean, it's, it's a pretty thing to watch Kyle Carroll's it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's 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 definitely has that upside that you just kind of dream on. And so let's close things out. Earlier uh, this week, you got out to uh, uh, I think it was again at the Great Park there, uh, Corona and Servite in a double dip. Uh, obviously, the names there. Uh, you know, it starts with Isaiah Green from a draft perspective. Uh, you know, uh, Garrett Gillimet. You know, potentially from a draft a draft perspective. Excuse me. What would you see there in that double dip? Yeah, last night went in there. Um, Isaiah Green, obviously, a lot of guys didn't see him and the underclassmen for Corona. Andrew Walter, San Diego State commit. You got Garrett Gillimet, uh, the USC commit, and and Chris uh, Grotus made a start, the lefty that's committed to UCLA. But Isaiah Green, I tell you what, man, this this guy, th- this guy may go high as well. I mean, you just can really dream on the body, and if you were to build an outfielder from dust last this is exactly what they look like i mean the run tool is real the hit tool is real guess what happens he gets up the first two at bats he gets drilled the first two at bats and you know he didn't really get the results he wanted yesterday but he took some really quality at bats has intent on all of his swings which is really good to see He's playing with a little bit more joy and spirit, which I really like to see, right? And you never, you just never know how some of these kids react to with, with that much heat on you. Every single game, sometimes you get tight and some guys play loose, you know. Um, he's, he's playing loose. He's playing free. Looks like he's having fun out there. Um, I stayed for the doubleheader. Um, didn't get the results he wanted. He made an outstanding diving play in left center field in, in the second game that was an eye-opener. I'm glad I stayed for the remainder of it. Garrett Gillimet, on the other hand, he had some guys watching him too. He had a good day, hit a triple, which is odd for, for you know, he's, he's not necessarily a speed guy, but he can he can, he can can roll the pole, man. He is, uh, he's, he's got some juice in the bat. He's got a great catch and throw. And uh, he looked impressive yesterday, too, along with, you know, Chris Grotus, six strikeouts. They had UCLA in on him yesterday, checking in on the sophomore. So a uh, really good game. It was, it was a split. Uh, Corona took the first one. Servite took the second one. So, Yeah, that sounds like a good, uh, good afternoon of baseball there for you. So where are you headed this week? You mentioned Loyola, uh, Harvard-Westlake. you getting out anywhere else? After I am that? today. Today, bud, I'm going over to La Mirada. An interesting Thursday, 12:30 start. Jared Jones is on the mound, playing against Lakewood. We were hoping for a Jared Jones, uh, Ricky Tiedemann matchup. Obviously, Ricky Tiedemann has gone down with uh, w- with a with a hand issue on his right hand, his non-throwing hand. So, um, but I get to go over to see Jared Jones with a 12:30 start there over today, um, which is I you know. Thursday, 1230, I called Zern and I was like, you know, what's going on here? He's like, yeah, dope. We've been doing this for 20 years. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, okay, great. I'm there. <laughs> so I'm going over there to see Jared, see what he's got. And obviously, I'm sure there'll be people in. Tomorrow, 
I'm going to go check out uh, PCA, Bowser, and Parada. They square up at Harvard-Westlake. And then uh, for the nightcap, I'm going to head out to the UCLA Vandy game. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's a pretty busy week for Doe. Uh, Doe, tell us, where, where can people follow you on Twitter? What's your handle? Steve Doherty, 643. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, same thing with my Instagram. Uh, I think it's Steve underscore Doherty, 643. Or, I'm just not looking at it right now. <laughs> but you can follow me there. And obviously, you know, PBR forward slash California is where you can find all of us. Our guys are doing a great job covering the Southland, Jack down in San Diego, along with Joey helping them out, you down here in the Orange County area, and um, hitting up that L.A., getting – Get more looks down in the, into the Ventura County. So, yeah, yep, yep. awesome, awesome, good stuff, Doe. As always, we appreciate you coming on, and we'll be uh, following along. Thanks, buddy. Big thanks to Jack Shannon and Steve Doherty for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com forward slash California for all your news and information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard. <laughs>